Hey. Okay. Okay, ladies and gents. Welcome. It's another week. It's another week. And yes, I know. If you're, you pressed play, you're waiting to see. Is he there? Is he there? Yes, I'm still in Studio B. But do not be dismayed. For I am not dismayed. We are making progress. I'm being so meticulous about every square inch of that studio at this point. Tomorrow night, I will not be live. I will not be doing a show. I'm going to be going to the studio extra early tomorrow, and I'm going to be building up so many of my, my more of my profiles that I've been working on all week. Been there every day of the weekend, and um, I just needed a huge chunk of time, and that's what we'll be doing tomorrow. So I'll get there sometime late in the afternoon, and I'll go right up until there's band practice. So that's about 8 o'clock or so. But that band practice is actually going to be mostly about redesigning the other room. And um, I've got more things coming in. I had to make another round of orders, and hopefully I'll be able to return some stuff. But uh, I don't know. Had to make some compromises just to get things to work. But they are working, and I'm getting very excited about new space new vibes new new looks you're going to see some things noticeable things have changed have changed but i think that the it's going to be such a cozy refresh i'm looking forward to it and that's what we got going on tomorrow night and you know if all goes well i will do a test stream i'll do a test stream either on youtube and d live d live is the easiest thing for me to go live on without having to like pre-record something but i'll do a test stream maybe on youtube and d live uh, at the very least, D Live, and I'll and I'll get the links out to people. I'll tweet and Telegram and put out an announcement on the Gilded. There's so many awesome things coming, but uh, it has been it has been fun, a fun challenge. <laughs> Tell you that much. All right, so what are we doing tonight? Tonight it's just going to be you and I. We're going to be yes. Uh oh. Look who it is. What are you doing? Come here. Come here. Quick. What are you doing? Isn't it time for you to go to bed? Yeah, but I just wanted to peek in. You wanted to peek in? Uh-huh. How was your weekend? Tell everybody how your weekend was. I go to Ashy's house. And what did you eat? I ate macaroni and cheese. And what about over the weekend? Did you what, did you do anything fun this weekend on Friday or Saturday? Um, I. Did you listen to any good music? No. I think you. What what what's the song that we that we sing together every time we're in the car now? Um, croissant and the bones. Oh, croissant and the bones. What about what about still loving you? Still loving you. You like singing that end part. She uh -huh. sings. She sings the end of the Scorpions. So, sing it for everybody right now. Okay, I I didn't remember the words. You didn't remember the words. No. Hold on. Click, 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 click. Scroll. Wait a second. All right. Here it is. Let's find. Let's find this. Let's get to the end. Ready. Here we go. Hold on a second. Please give me the 
Nice love. One more time, big time, go! I know, I know, I can't go out there, I can't, I can't sing that high. Okay, so listen, tell everybody, tell everybody to have a good night. Have a good night. Hey, say, have, hey, everybody have a good bath. Have a good bath. And say, have sweet dreams. Have sweet dreams. And say your prayers. Say your prayers. Okay, that's it. Go tell mommy that you did it. Okay? okay. All right, good night, love you. You want to press a, a button? Go ahead, press press a button. Good job. Very nice. It's got a, it's got a little chaotic in here, but thank you so much. You're the you're the best. You want to be my co-host next year? Yeah. You want to do a show with me next year? Uh-huh. We'll talk about all the things you want to talk about. Okay. Mm. All right, bye. What are you, a kitty cat? All righty. Go jump in the bath with mommy. Okay. Alrighty. Have a good I'm not taking a shower. I just pretended a bath is a shower. You gotta pretend the bath is a shower. You're right. Uh-huh. But you'll love the shower one day. Alright, take care. Be good. Okay. See you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Alright, so. That doesn't happen at the other studio, as you know. And, of course, I have a, I have no guest on tonight. I've got you guys and gals. What are we talking about? In the first half, I want to do a little bit on the, um, on the concept of tipping, gratuity, tipping culture. What, what kind of a culture do we have here? Do we have a, a culture that requires people to tip? And is that actually a tip? I know there are some people who have... Uh, they are, have taken principled stances against tipping. So I want to see what we have from you guys and gals on that. I'll be taking calls in the first half. And then in the second half, I'll, I want to go through some of the escalation of war that we have going on uh, over the weekend, what our, our Congress gave us, or at least uh, it, it expressed the desire to give us, which was you know another one of these spending bills. Uh, but it's all about h- how they can use us once again as collateral to fund wars in Ukraine and Israel and, and of course, leave our border not only wide open, but the only resources given down there is only to br- suck people in, bring them in and process them and then ship them inside to, to, to pretty much stamp tickets. That's what border security is now, stamping tickets, even though there's no tickets. No ticket. Get the hell out. But um, that's what we're going to do tonight. And I hope that you guys and gals are up for up for the challenge. I want to thank my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. Uh, if you're reading, if you're reading uh, Lucifer's Hammer, which we have session five after the show ends tonight at nine o'clock, then you must be thinking about Blue Monster Prep. Okay, you must be. Now, they don't have any comet or asteroid insurance or anything like that, but damn it, you will be in better shape than most as long as the thing doesn't hit your house. You'll be in better shape than most for at least a couple of months. 
two-way radios, emergency hand crank radios, whatever it is, water survival filters, pellets, this and that, life straws, backup solar power generators, uh, emergency food. They just do not have insulin. As we all know from, uh, from Lucifer's Hammer, I think one sheep, one sheep can provide a month's worth of insulin. I don't know. That's what the uh, that's what that that Dan uh, what's his name character, Forrester character is talking about. I wonder what happened to him. He wasn't in this last set of chapters. Anyway, that's something else. BlueMonsterPrep.com promo code frankly and get your shipping taken off the top. To, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, no show. Like I said, we're putting more hours into Studio A, maybe a test stream. But on Wednesday night, Jeremy Reese is on the show. Goes by the alien scientist, and he's been in the game for a long, long time. We know him from back in the day. And I there has been so much published in the last couple of days on, on AI, Neuralink, uh, this Google goggle thing that just came out, whatever the hell it was, the new goggle thing came out. People are already uh, walking around like uh, like like uh, cyborg zombies. We're going to be talking a lot about that tomorrow. I mean, on Wednesday night. And I hope that opens up a, a pathway into UFOs and UFO technology. Because Jeremy is awesome on that. It's the first of many talks, I hope. So um, whatever we don't get to, we'll... We'll get around to it some of the time. On Thursday night, we have Nurse Penny Whitbrote coming on the show to talk about her near-death experience that she was not able to do with us back in September. This one is an intense one, and we'll be able to take a lot of great calls on that. I know it's going to be a good. And then on Friday night, I don't know, a little bit. Hopefully, we're in the studio. Hopefully, we're in Studio A by that time, and we can talk. We can talk a little bit about rigged rigged sports, and I have some funny stuff to do and. You know, be nice to have. It'll be nice to have Matt in there. It's Matt's birthday tomorrow, February sixth is Matt's birthday, so that would be nice to have him in. Anyway, also been talking to John Ward over the weekend, and hold on to your butts, because sometime soon we're going to do something fun. All right, all right. So with that all said, let's jump into the first headline of the grab bag. Since there's no guest on tonight, we can spend a little bit of time talking about the headlines and just kind of stretching out and having a good time. Uh, please stick with us tonight, even when we jump over to quitefrankly.tv and pill.net foxhole, because I, I want to get as many calls as possible in on this tipping and gratuity thing. I know that we're going to get a uh, variety of responses on this, but let's go to the headlines. King Charles diagnosed with cancer. You hear about that? Well, they said that his his reign was going to be short and tumultuous. I don't know. They say that this is not uh, it's not prostate cancer, but it was discovered during a recent treatment for an enlarged prostate. So it's not prostate cancer, but somewhere around there. They have not revealed what it is, but according to the palace statement, the king began regular treatments on Monday. And uh, and they're they're pretty they're good about the they feel good about the prognosis they say. Um, but I don't know. I don't know about that. Now everybody's going to have a theory. Some of you are going to. Some of you think that he's probably already gone. I know we saw those uh, the picture of him with those red swollen sausage fig fingers and 
all of the internet medical sleuths out there were saying, oh, oh that is definitely congestive heart failure. He's, he's dying. I don't know what's going on. But the one thing that does bother me about these headlines is, man, of all the things that we've read and discussed and theorized and speculated about with the Royals, to get a Royal cancer diagnosis, you're just like, if they can't avoid a diagnosis, damn. You know, it's just like nobody can avoid, can avoid that shit, I guess, unless how are they living? You know, you, you, th you tend to think that these people have the best of the best, uh, regardless of how they got it. You tend to think that. It just makes you a little... Whenever a celebrity would get sick like that, I always... Like, uh, what's his name? Sam Neill. Sam Neill's not doing too well either. Dr. Grant. He's not doing too well. And, uh, you, you know, you think about these people eating kale salads and tofu, and that's probably why. Jay Gulenow's like, they, they should have had a steak. You're right, they should have fasted a little bit. Oh, that prostate, man, I'll tell you. Let's go over here now. I have to bring this up because I made a joke about Vince McMahon last week. Let me just say, the only thing I knew about the Vince McMahon thing at that time was the, the sole headline, the one little piece of information that he had sex toys all... The kids, get out of here. Get the kids out of here. That's it. You too. You. Good. Come back in a little bit. All right, they're gone? Good. So listen to this shit. He had these sex toys all over the place. I told you this last week. And he um, he was naming, according to this uh, this girl, Janelle Grant, who is suing him or had an NDA and had it a, you know, it was supposed to be $3 million payout and all that stuff. And after a million or something like that, he just said, no, you're not getting any more. Well, she just, she went public with it all. And what I had seen was that he had these toys all in his, I don't know, office. And the white sex toys were being named after white wrestlers and the black ones were being named after black wrestlers. And that being the only thing I knew about the story, I thought that that was pretty funny. It is on its own. That's pretty funny. And then when you read what the hell happened, I was talking about it with Rob and uh, our, uh, T and, you know, a couple other friends over the weekend when we were at the studio and just, um, you know, trying to make things work and we're just chilling out. The details start coming out. Then I went and read a little bit more. What the what, man, this pretty sick shit and it happened recently he was in his 70s when he was doing this stuff like the, we're talking about like scat stuff like he like pooed on her okay he pooed on her and then her night didn't even end there you would think that getting shit on would be the the the, the grand finale didn't so i just wanted to i just want to come out come out uh, here a couple days later and just say the only thing i knew about this situation was the headline about the sex toys Nothing else is very funny. Um, nothing else is very funny at all. I'll look into that a little bit more. We'll see where it all goes. Okay, here's one other thing. The, um, the Epoch or Epic Times headline there. Chinese military studying cognitive attacks against U.S. population. The CCP hopes to encourage a psychological or cognitive decision to surrender, says Nathan Bukamp Mustafaga of Rand Corp. I got to say, 
This is mind war. This is mind war. Researchers in China's military are studying how to use influence operations to sow discord abroad and encourage a mentality of defeat in the United States, according to one expert. The Chinese communists, you, you can't do that to us. We've already been defeated by our own people. It's, uh, it's military wing, the People's Liberation Army, are engaged in cyber-enabled influence operations against the United States and looking to further expand their capabilities for disruption, according to Nathan uh, Bukam Mustafaga, a policy researcher at RAND. There's a group of PLA researchers often focus on influence operations who argue that the cognitive domain is the new focus of warfare. Well, I should say... Again, and we have a whole um, blog on this on Quite Frankly's blog section on quitefrankly.tv about mind war, psychological operations, and uh, Michael Aquino. So mind war was the, the, the latest upgrade of what was psychological operations that was really rolled out and tested in Vietnam and the jungles out there. But um, the, the mind war was created by a lot of our military guys, some of them, you know, uh, founders of things like the Temple of Set and probably taught to the Chinese, to be honest. I mean, it was all and that was all about using media to have a target population give up the will to fight or to even find the need to fight when faced with a, a, a legitimate threat to essentially win wars by preventing them and just bending another population to your will. And of course, I always thought it was funny to read into that and say, oh, well, they're just they're, they're learning how to do this with the media so that they can infect other people's media. They would never roll that out uh, domestically. And you can say that the Chinese, of course, they're going to have some operations of their own, but they, they don't have to push American culture too far. We're already in the gutter. And uh, TikTok has to be a a big part of it. But, you know, just because that is more Chinese than other platforms but it doesn't mean that the other platforms are really uh that much better if it, so it, it's just like one of those things it, it was very strange for me to read this very strange for me to read this as if it's something new maybe it's just a chinese version of it anyway let's get started shall we i have a couple more things to do before we get uh rolling into main topics and i hope that you're here with us on the other end of the intro all right so uh with that being all taken care of um i'll see you in a bit you know, anytime. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's run!
Hello, everybody. I am. Oh, I love this song. I haven't heard it in so long. I was listening to it about 10 years ago, more. Amy McDonald, Scottish. She's Scottish. Uh, good, good album, actually. I listened to the whole damn thing back then. Uh, listen, ladies and gents, I am so happy to have you. And I got to say, the last night on quitefrankly.tv, I, I programmed Sunday nights. The playlist's there. Um, Frank's Picks. Nice way to end the, the, the week and to begin a new one. And last night, um, I played two things. The first one was, this, this really messed up. My brother sent this one to me. It was a video called, like, The Sad Disturbing Downfall of Howard Stern, which is, was something else because it brought back a lot of memories, some messed up, messed up stuff, too, that you look at with a fresh pair of eyes and you're just happy that his life is not yours. Seriously. But after that, I had a two-hour feature that was also sent to me by somebody this time in the audience. And it was a video about, it was called Project Iceman. And it was about this young guy, Anders Hoffman, who found purpose in committing to being, becoming the first person to ever complete the Iron Man challenge in, in, in Antarctica, which is like a two and a half mile swim in the water out there. Okay. In Antarctica. Uh, uh, over 110 miles with a bike in snow and then 26 mile run let me tell you about this ladies and gentlemen this was so damn intense uh lauren uh, she had to she had to bow out before like the you know like the last 45 minutes of it because it just got too late i started it around i don't know maybe maybe 10 o'clock it went on or 9 30 something but it's two hours this was so intense it really was. It was very, very intense stuff. And I was uh, I was thinking about it for most of the night because the indomitable will. Man, it's and it started off with him just jumping into his local river off a local pier in the middle of the winter into the water and just trying to tr trying to survive for like, you know, 30 seconds. Working it up to a, you know, a minute and then, you know, going to different parts of the world and swimming a little bit longer and just realizing how in how much of a how much of a, a a burden this was going to be this goal in life but the indomitable will was it was just incredible it was just incredible and i got to i got to um reflect on that maybe about 45 minutes ago when i went outside and i broke down all of the uh all of the boxes that i had to put out for recycling pickup tomorrow and I brought out the recycling without any jacket on, and I almost gave up. I almost gave up bringing out the recycle. I almost quit. I wanted to quit walking down the driveway because I didn't have anything, and the, and the wind just cut right down to the core of me. And I started chuckling to myself as I'm bringing this stuff out there. I'm just like, I'm watching this guy jump into the water. He swam like three point something kilometers in the Antarctic, and... It was something else. So, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably replay that again. Maybe I'll replay it once again this week after a 9 o'clock, you know, after the show ends at 9 o'clock. But if you want to watch in the meantime, you got to go check it out because that was really, really great. It's, it's called uh, Project Iceman, I think, like, is it Project Iceman? I think so. So there you have it. Just want I just wanted to throw that out there. 
All right. Here's another thing. I have a little bit of an update. Well, it's not an update, but it's just a little something to throw out there with the 100-day cough thing. This was uh, shared on the the conspiracy subreddit on Reddit sometime recently, which I think goes hand in hand with what our friend Really Graceful retweeted out there. It's a question that seems to be on a lot of people's minds, and it is certainly worthy of asking because this has nothing to do with it's not really relegated to just people who have offered themselves up for one medical experiment or another, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, where is it? Here we go. The headline that the OP put out there is, is anyone else getting sick more than usual? My whole family has been sick six times since September. We didn't get vaxxed. There are other families I know who have it worse and have been sick about every other week lately. The sicknesses vary to mild, annoying cold to COVID, but I've never gotten sick this often like it before. Something is off. Something isn't right. I'm in America. I'm starting to suspect maybe it's biological warfare or maybe they're spraying something in the sky. Now, I, as I read this, now the tickle just came back in my, in my chest. So this post alone just got me sick again, but I've had two colds. Very odd. It really is very odd. Aurora, Aurora, even though she bounces back and she kicks these things in 20, you know, 36 hours, one day she, you know, one time she was sick for like, you know, three days and just felt like fatigued and all that stuff. She, she bounces back quick. But the fact is that there is something going on there. And when we brought this up the first time, I think that you cannot discount the original uh, main theory of that we're still kind of bouncing back from two years of a, a real heightened sense of isolation. Even those of us who were venturing outside and went out to, you know, and just, you know, tried to stay as normal as possible, it, everything that you were doing outside became contactless in one way or another. So I think that two full years and change of that predominant culture being forced on us, that can definitely have a big impact. But, um, you know, I didn't stay inside. I didn't stay inside. I tried to get in front of people as much as I could. I wasn't wearing masks, not even to my grandmother's. Day. I was the only one in the funeral home that didn't have a mask on back in 2022, things like that. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because we had a 100-day cough segment, I think, last week or the week before, and this just kind of rang a bell. So uh, putting that one out there, too. Another thing, which I said this, we will be talking about this tomorrow night when Jeremy Reese is on the show. This is from Vice, so you know it's good. Actually, don't I have a, didn't I have a, I thought I had a uh, Zero Hedge article about this. Anyway, Apple Vision, it's Apple, not Google. Apple Vision Pro turned the real world into a Black Mirror episode overnight. You too can live in a new tech dystopia for the low, low cost of $3,500 plus $19.99 for a battery pack. Wow. Instead of buying this new broadcast computer, I could have bought this. There you go. That looks like life living to the max. So you got these goggles on your on your face. Where is it? Like here's a couple people eating at a diner with their their goggles on it. And if you want to know where how it like kind of overlays things, here take a look at this. One. 
Hey guys, just want to show you real quick how I enjoy my breakfast with the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, as you can see here, I'm watching 33 different NBA games at the exact same time. That's not on his wall. That is projected before his eyes. Remember when we were talking about, anytime we talk about this augmented reality stuff and virtual reality, they've been dabbling with VR for a long time. But uh, whereas Pokemon Go was a annoyance for most of us, it was a beta test for things like this. You know, about seven years ago, when they roll out Pokemon Go, you probably had, you know, high schoolers in your driveway looking for imaginary uh, animals to catch through their phone, using the phone as a guide. And now it's strapped to your face. In time, just covering my entire wall in case I'm not getting enough dopamine hits over here. Uh, I can look over here and I got X. I can scroll X and I can, I can like posts. As you see, it's very easy to scroll X on the Apple Vision Pro. Over here, I'm looking at my different scrolls. I love how he said it's very easy to scroll X and all of his attempts to scroll X failed. Look. Look at how he's, he's just grasping at the, uh, at, at the air. Look. He's grasping at air over here to flip the page on Twitter and watch the luck he has. Uh, I can look over here and I got X. I can scroll X yeah. and I can, I can like posts. As you see, it's very. Yeah, you can, you, you did all that. You jiggled X. Look at this. this is the perv it's the, it's the Twitter jiggler. Very easy to scroll X on the Apple Vision Pro over here. I'm looking at my different scores. I'm checking out, uh, you know, how much money I'm making off fantasy, off sports betting. It sounds like paradise. It really does to look around and be surrounded by other people running around bouncing basketballs and everything else. But this is this is it. You remember we were looking at some of those um those hyper real uh, what was it what they called it hyper reality? I know it was just like a a demo projection film kind of a project, but they had these these hyper reality scenarios that they projected coming out of I think it was like I think it was Tokyo. Let me see here. Hyper reality Tokyo. Here you go. This was seven years ago. This is, ex this is exactly what people are doing right now for thirty for thirty five hundred dollars. At least a few people are. Here, watch. Walking down the street. Walking down the street. Going shopping. Yeah, so that I mean, th th this is what's going on now. Now, as far as practical goes, I, I don't see anything practical about it. I don't see anything practical about it. People have these these goggles strapped to their face; they look like idiots, and um, and whenever they're spotted in in public, it's almost like they, they you know, they, somebody spotted a Sasquatch. It's it's very weird and clumsy. Um, but I guess it's just just the beginning. Now, we'll talk about this because obviously this is something that is still attached to your, your head. It's not telepathic, as we know that those telepathic headbands would probably be a lot better 
and a lot more preferred for people instead of putting a Neuralink chip inside of their skulls. But as far as what is going to be preferred for those who run the world, it's they're going to want this to be a permanent marriage. And it's just so odd. It, it, it's odd that this is happening. It's crazy to actually see it and not have it be some kind of a produced, I guess you can call it a produced movie, because um, this has been ready to be rolled out for a long time. Nuts. All right. Well, anyway, we'll do more of that tomorrow. Now, here's the big thing I wanted to bring up in the first half. And I want your calls. Uh, Clown World on Twitter put this out a couple of days ago. It's two minutes long. It's a driver. He is a, a food delivery driver who's very upset with somebody that he delivered to who did not tip him. And he's so upset that he cancels her order because she didn't tip. And I thought that it, it brought up some really great, really great uh, conversational opportunity here to see what you guys and gals think about tipping and this and that, because in throughout the, this two minute video, we're gonna go back and forth. I actually don't think anybody in this video is very nice, but let's just watch it together. You ready for this? Listen up. If you're not, if you're not watching, you're gonna be able to hear it just fine, okay? Do not interrupt me. And then coming over here driving on my dime to get your groceries and you don't give me a tip, that is not only unethical, but it's just, it's not only is it disturbing and unethical, but it's very wrong of you to, to think that way. You've got, you've got a mental screw up in your brain that doesn't work. And I'm not going to waste my time and breath with you. Now, first of all, it's not on his dime. If he's, if he's doing this, if he's, if he's signed up with an app, you're getting paid. Okay, you're getting paid and that's it. So the, the big question is on expectancy. Are people entitled to a tip? Okay, that's the first question. Are, are people entitled to a tip? I'm going to cancel your order right now. Okay. Boom, canceled, and you're going to go pick up your own order. Right? No, I'll just wow. get a different shopper, I mean, you, okay? So, so you're you wasting, do whatever you have to do. You're wasting your time. He's literally wasting his time. Do you realize how dumb you sound? Okay, you sound dumb. To I'd like to find out how honest. you how it would feel for you to go and do my job and deliver it and then not get tipped. How would you feel if somebody didn't tip you, lady? Answer me, answer me. Well, you won't let me talk, so. Here, why don't I slap some no, sense yeah. Okay, now, okay, so here you go. First of all, she's got the the vocal fry. That would piss me off just in the, not getting tipped. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good, but again, what do you what do you what are you to expect? He should not expect a tip. Don't do a job if that's what you're going to be like, you know. Um, I uh, but but here's the other thing. He just roses. He just raises hands at this point. So. Hey, why don't I slap some no, sense into you? Gonna, hey. Okay, right there, right there. He did not earn a tip, but he did earn to be taking a nap on the sidewalk. And the fact that the the guy that she's with, whether it's her you know boyfriend or friend or cousin or gay brother or whatever the hell it was, um, the fact that he didn't it lay him out right there. So this goes back and forth. 
All right. Maybe he was just having a really bad day and things just kept getting worse for him. But, you know, I saw as for going back to the tip thing. I saw somebody totally missed the plot in the comments and they said something along the lines of tipping should end. We should end tipping because customers shouldn't pay employees. Their employers should. And I, 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 I thought that was so stupid because obviously this accentuates the big question. The big theme of tonight is that do we have now a tip culture? Because these people are paid. They are paid by employers. And gratuity is nothing about whether or not you believe in your view that a person's employer doesn't pay them enough. That is not what gratuity is about. The point is that the tip shouldn't be expected. You've got to give service that is so satisfying that people would feel guilty not giving a little bit extra thank you. That's it. And even then, and even then, you still will get something that is less than customary or nothing at all, and it'll suck, and you'll mutter to yourself, well, that guy was a cheap fuck, or whatever, and it'll just happen. But this, this, I don't believe in that at all, that tipping should go away, and this is really all about the employer, the employers. Absolutely not. First of all, you have to understand what a gratuity is. So, um, but yeah, when he threatens to slap her, which is wildly inappropriate, I can't believe that the guy, the girls would just let him raise his hand to her. If this, if this, if this video ended with him snoring on the pavement, it would have made perfect sense. And he'd have earned, he'd have earned that. No doubt about it. Here, let's listen to There's only like one minute left. Oh, I'm serious? recording yeah, everything. Yeah, we're recording yeah, you everything. You can record whatever okay? you want. You're going to really lose don't care. your job. You're going to lose your I, You know what? I, at this point, I don't care. Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do this. This is, does, this, this doesn't work for me. I put in the, I, you know, you, let me tell you something you else. The let me tell you something else, lady. You swifty wannabe. Mm -hmm. You're the only. Oh, that, it's, oh, it gets, it gets very cringe. There's no good guys in this, in this video. The customer that I have had that did not tip me. I, don't tip I want you to know that. I don't tip anybody. Is that disturbing to you or what? No. See, see, this is the thing that, that, that gets me. He might be just be having a horrible, horrible day. Maybe he, he lost somebody in his life. I don't know what, what's bad. But if she's the only one that didn't tip him, then, then why are you willing to lose your job over this? And you just said, I don't even care anymore. So there has to be something outside of this. So everybody's behaving badly. But it brings up the question about gratuity. Should it be expected? How much is customary? I know the whole 20% thing, um, but, you know, uh, I, I, I want to know from you guys and gals because I know that some of you, and I've seen the comments and I've, had, I've gotten emails, I know that some of you are against tipping. I do not tip. I have seen that so many times coming from people, and that's curious to me too. You never tip? Like, what if you get exemplary service, a person that deserves or in your mind should be thanked a little extra? I mean, there's something I believe that there's something spiritually gratifying about that. I hate tipping, you know, in a begrudging manner. I hate that. I hate that. And I'll, I'll go low end of the uh, low end of what is customary for people. But I don't I don't know the last time I I don't think I ever stiffed somebody. 
At least not in adulthood. I don't think so. Let's take some calls on this. 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. That's what, that's what we're dealing with right now. I want to hear from you. First one up. Hello. Who's this? Hey, it's the Sentinel. How are you tonight? Hello, Sentinel. It's great to have you on. So what, what are your thoughts? So, um, you know, in my state, uh, we have a minimum wage uh, that's directed by the state. And anybody who is hired as wait staff has a minimum wage, wait for it, of at least $2.13 per hour prior to January 1st of 2024. And if they're hired after that, they are at least $3.25 per hour after the 1st of January 2024. Well, and, and, and which state is this again? This is the great state of Kansas, where our state uh, song is home, home on the range, and uh, low minimum wage for wait staff. Well, well, let me ask you this. What is the, do, do you know, uh, for, I don't know, uh, if you if you work in restaurants or you know somebody who does, what is customary for employers? I know that there is that minimum wage. I mean, some free market economists would say that the true minimum wage is zero. But, I mean, I, I can't imagine that many employers are actually paying minimum wage in, in Kansas, are they? No, I think most wait staff, especially in the fast food chains, are paying 10 or more, which um, is the low end of uh, entry-level jobs here in the state. But um, even then, uh, you know, we're not tipping when we go to McDonald's, uh, you know, in order to through the drive through uh, But, you know, when I go sit down in a restaurant, I have a waiter come, you know, we're, we're, we're tipping somewhere between 15 and, and 25% based on the service we receive. Mm. So if, if, the, if the service you receive is what you believe to be subpar, you're waiting, they're not necessarily rude, but they're, they're hard to find. The food came out late. It was a little bit cold. Uh, you're, you're still tipping around 15%. Do you ever dip below that? Um, no, yeah, usually I don't dip. I don't stiff anybody usually unless they're like totally lost in the sauce. And they can't. They shouldn't even be a waiter because they're that bad. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think I've stiffed anybody um, ever. Uh, but you know what I don't like is I go and get a cup of coffee, uh, and when I'm checking out, I'm using my my debit card. Uh, and I paid five dollars for a cup of coffee. They want to know if I want to give them. A dollar, two dollars, five dollars, and suggest you know three thirty three. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't like that. Uh, I know. When, when, when I don't like that. But no, I, you, you know, I you, may or may not in in the moment tip that. It, it's one of those things. And thank you for the call, Sentinel. I, I hate being. I hate having my arm twisted because I'm a good tipper, and I have, I have, uh, I've accomplished a lot with tips. Okay, people always wonder why I walk into certain diners around here and I'm like the mayor. <laughs> you know, uh, I that's just that's it. Those are the people who who make society run. The waiters, the waitresses. I I I make I I love making friends and showing gratitude. You know, you sit down, all of a sudden there's a a bottle of San uh, San Pellegrino in front of you, and like it's on the house. That's great. Yeah, that's not why you do it, but. Over time, you start realizing, you know, it's good to give and it builds friendships. And I just really enjoy it. I really do. But uh, but there are horrible, there's horrible service out there. And I will be like Sentinel where I'll go on the lower end of it. Maybe 
I don't know, 13 to 15%. That that right there starts making me feel uncomfortable. There has to be something egregious that happens for me to to say, no, I'm not doing this, or to or to to, to call over the a because if if I if I felt compelled to do that, I would call over a, a manager first. I would say, listen, they're not getting a tip. You guys are not getting a tip because blah 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 blah. Obviously, you got to do that after you eat, and then don't go back there. That's the other thing you have to commit to not going back because they will remember you. All right, let's go. Six one four, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Frank. Who's this? My name is Marcus. Hello, Marcus. Welcome. I had to turn you off. Thank you. It's been a long time, and and uh, I've not I've never taken the opportunity to call. So I appreciate you. I'm I'm glad that you're on with me. Well, I'm a gig worker. Oh, good. I see it from both sides. Um, the industry has changed a lot. Um, COVID changed it. Um, I started out as a cab driver. I averaged 75 to 125 a year. It was good. It's not so good anymore. So I see where this guy's coming from because wear and tear on your vehicle. You're not just delivering, you're shopping a lot of times. And that changes your energy shopping for somebody and then they don't tip you. So I, I understand his position. I I don't take it to that level. But then again, I usually don't take orders that don't have tips. Yeah, you know, I, that's that's the other thing I was wondering, because you, what do you do? You do Uber? I do it all. Okay, so that's the thing I, I, I wondered. When the order is there for you to claim as an Uber driver or a, you know, whatever the, the other ones there are, um, when they're there for you to claim, it, it says right there if a tip is attached, right? Usually. Sometimes they're hidden, um, and it's, you know, but if you've been doing it a while, you can tell which ones have tips versus don't, don't have tips. Gotcha. Especially with the shopping orders, because those typically have a larger base pay. You know, it starts out a little bit higher, you know, 5 to $6 for Uber, for DoorDash. Um instacart not so much but you're always getting multiple batches with instacart which tends to balance it out some tips some don't well you know i i appreciate that to, to come in from his uh his standpoint because i i wanted i'm not to... defending his actions because quite honestly the confrontation i'm i'm i tend to be a pacifist with most most things but then again i also value my time i get you so if i don't see that i'm making at least in the amount of time that i'm going to be doing this order $25 an hour. It's not worth my time. Well, thank you for the call, Marcus. It was great to have you uh, contribute tonight, and I hope it's not the last time. Well, thanks for being here. All right, brother. Have a good one. Now, now, what he was saying right there, too, um, yeah, watching the guy in the video and the girl that he was coming up against, it, I mean, that was just a pairing, a pairing of two people that was just, I don't know. She, she's definitely goading him. She's got some kind of a, uh, when I was talking about this with Tracy, because I said, oh, you got to see this video. We, we watched it on Friday, and I saved it for tonight. Um, she said she she thought she may have had uh, seen other videos where, the, where that blonde chick that he was mad with doing this with other people, 
like almost trying to get reactions out of people. And she she already had that kind of like a Mel Gibson ex-wife kind of demeanor where she's just trying to stay cool and passive aggressive and all that stuff with her vocal fry and all that shit. And he's overreacting and she's just like, you know, a pig and shit. But um, so uh, but I understand get not getting tips sucked, but uh, you got to go into this. You got to go into this with a different mentality. Uber Eats also does something else there too. They try to they try to make you feel a certain way about tipping. So and so, if you order you order yourself a hamburger or something like that from a, a local diner or whatever, and they bring it to you, and uh, it's like drizzling outside. The apples say so and so is dodging raindrops to bring you your order. Like oh yeah 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 Juan is literally like you you're seeing some Matrix shit. In his head, like, he's got to get this burger to you. He's on a Lord of the Rings mission to get you this burger. Are you sure you only want to tip 15%? Go fuck yourself. Shit like that, you go fuck yourself, okay? All your little charities at the uh, the, cha- the the one-click charities at the, the, the store, get the hell out of here, okay? I have seen, I can't tell you how many times I have gone to self-checkout stations and see gratuity pop up i'm like who am i tipping you ever see that you ever go to self-checkout and have a gratuity uh, screen pop up in front of you who the hell am i tipping i'm literally checking myself out here anyway okay let's take uh let, let, let's take another call 914 you're on the air what's going on homeboy oh home, hey, Frank. home home girl hello? i mean hello home girl Dominique from Portchester. How hey, are you? What's going on, Dominique? Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I had to call because I work off gratuity. I'm an esthetician. Okay. So basically, tips have been better than ever after COVID. So, but everywhere we go, we tip even if the service is not that great. Like the diner sometimes is a little iffy, but you know, we still have to tip. I just, I can't do that. I know. You know. I know. Well, let me ask you about about, about an esthetician. I I was wondering yes. about this. I was wondering about the, the other night. Uh, I was talk, having a conversation with a few people about wh- mm-hmm. where we are post twenty twenty and what people whose you know th- their livelihoods have been impacted in one way or another, which trickles down mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. impacts their their discretionary you know, funds where, where they can go and they can get a facial or they can go and get their right. hair done, that people are doing a lot more stuff on their own at home to yeah. save money right now. Are you finding that people are, are are doubling down? Are they spending a little bit more freely on themselves again? And when did they start? Re- yeah. When, when did that start 100%. up again? That started after COVID. Um, so basically once there was like the okay to go and do facials freely and you didn't have to wear a mask, it started getting bombarded. I mean, I work in Mamaroneck, so I have the Rye, the Harrison, Larchmont, and they're always willing to spend money. I mean, the gratuity is really good. I think I made like eight grand in gratuity just on credit cards this, this Jeez. year. Jeez. I know. That's, That's a great. lot, right? Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's crazy. Especially since yeah, that all... So. And when you... And you... sit Obviously, this is your business, but when you sit mm-hmm. down and, uh, and do your taxes at the end of the year, those mm-hmm. bastards... When you do your taxes for the for the bastards at the end of the year, um, yeah, that is all that that's all under gift, right? 
Well, yeah. So I'm actually a corporate employee. I don't work like um, 1099 anymore. I've been doing this like 20 years. So okay. now I work for a corporate spa and they do W-2. So you're on as like a salaried employee, but I get paid by the facial, like like a, a rate. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Well, so, but we're, yeah, we're on as that. So it's actually not bad when you do your taxes, but of course <laughs> we're going to have to pay something. So <laughs> it never ends. Well, Dominique, this is great to hear from you. And uh, are, yes, are, are you a stylist? Sure. Are you a stylist as well? Um, Like do hair, you mean? No. Well, I, I can't. Just strictly I, I, do I've got nothing for you to style. <laughs> there's no, there's no styling going on there, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll contact you for some skin, skin tips one day. Yeah, that would be awesome for uh, sure. And your daughter's so cute. I love it. Did you like? I have to go back and listen to her singing the Scorpions tonight. So she's adorable. I right. can't. I'm glad I caught it tonight for sure. Well, thank you for the call, Don. <laughs> yes. Talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great day. All right. Take care. All right. Estheticians back in back in the saddle. Let's take some more calls on gratuity. Do we have a gratuity culture? What What do you think about this six two six? Uh, let's see. What's up, Frank? Hey. So I, I kind of, uh, that first caller, you know, the guy was talking about the, how much these, these servers make in uh, Kansas. And I feel kind of bad for them because check it out. I, I'm a server and I work in California and do we get 15 bucks an hour? Um, and it's like we double dip out here, dude, because I can make two, 300 bucks a night easy in tips where I work. And, you know, sometimes you take an L Sometimes you come up, you know, like I, I'm old school. I've been doing this shit for, for like 20 plus years. I tried managing for like 10 years while my kids were at that age where I needed like the dependable pay and stuff where I was like scared my, you know, working off tips. If it's yeah. not, you know, it's not dependable. Um, and dude, the servers made more money than me as a manager. And so like once COVID hit and they tried to tell all us managers where I was managing at the time, like you got to take a pay cut. I was like, hell no. I called my homie where he owns a restaurant. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'll come work for you. He has me work manager shifts once in a while when he wants to go on a vacay or, or whatever. It works out great for me. But um, the entitlement is the problem with these servers. Like, same with that guy. They don't know how to work hard. Tips, it, it, the term tips is to ensure proper service. So if you don't do that, don't expect to get a tip. You know, like we, we can automatically gratuitize. Well, that's what we call it. <laughs> I can automatically gratuity on a party of anything over six people where I work, but I don't do it because I like to get what the guest feels comfortable to give me. You know, there are times where other servers have served people that don't tip and they're like, Hey bro, you better put gratuity on that. And I'll tell myself, uh, I'll do it sometimes. I'll be honest because I'm not going to take an L because we also tip out other areas of the restaurant. I got to tip off my liquor sales. I got to tip off my food sales. Oh, you got you got to split them. You have to split them. I don't split them, but I tip a percentage of like I tip three percent of my food sales to the food runner. Okay. I tip six percent of my sales to the bartender. So like if I get a party that spends three hundred bucks on all booze and they tip me twenty bucks, I just got fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm actually losing money on them. Anyway, if people work hard, and the, the, the last caller was right, ever since COVID, people are very generous. So if you do a good job, and you work in gratuity, and you work hard, and you, and you ensure that proper service to people, you're going to get yours. And some people, they don't tip. And you just got to roll with the punches, dude. It all averages out. 
if you do a good job and you work hard and you try your best, uh, everything works out, bro. What, okay, before I before before you go, because this is a great call. Um, if you can, I don't know if you can, if anything does stand out to you, but what is the coolest? What's a memory from your line of work that you'll always you'll always remember? Best tip, best customer. Best. Okay, like one of my OG, one of my original jobs, I worked at Buca de Beppo, and our general manager, we looked at her like she was like a Nazi dude, like she was on our ass all the time, always ensuring like that we did a good job. There was a rule, like for the big parties, the gratuity was on there. You had to tell the guest gratuity is on this bill. And so there was one time that this dude over tipped and I told my buddy, Hey, we'll get fired. If Kim, you know, he's like, man, fuck that. We're keeping the money. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not losing my job over a double tip, you know? And I went and told the guy, Hey, sir, just for your information, the gratuity was already on this bill. And you know what he told me? It was around Christmas time too. And he told me, you know what? I appreciate your honesty, dude. He's like, Merry Christmas. And he tapped me on my back. He said, thank you. We had a great night. And I was like, dude, see, you know, honest integrity pays off. And like, if you work hard, if I'd have been a slouch and this fool would have been dying of thirst the whole time, cause I don't want to refill his drink. I wouldn't even feel like I deserve the gratuity. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you get what you give in life, you know, and our job is actually a great example of that because I, you know, they ask why I like my job. I like to interact with the people. Like, I feel like I stay younger. Matter of fact, I'm about to be 50, bro. And I got both my younger kids working at the restaurant with me hmm. learning my daughter's doing it while she goes through college and and i give her my spiel on college i think it's brainwashing but that's what she wants to do so i support her and i tell her this is a good job right now because you can make your tips you can make your cash it's a flexible job while you go to school but you don't do like me don't be like your old man and be stuck up in this job at this age you know like use it for what it's worth now and then when you get out of school and you got your career boom do that you know, but it teaches you to work hard. It teaches you to interact with people. Like I started as a busboy. I started as a dishwasher, bro. So like I, I used to not be able to communicate with people or like I was very like shy, I guess. And like, but working in the restaurants made me come out of my shell. Yeah. And like, there's oh. so many cool people. And, and there's, and then, you know, there's, there's a holes that go all the time places, you know, it's 10%. There's oh, you're going to get shit. them. There's you're going to get them everywhere. There's, there's assholes yeah. everywhere. And, and, and I got to say, yeah, I, I, there's something, it, you, you got a very young, young uh, energy in your voice for sure. So when you say you're, you're turning 50, it's like, ah, well, you've, you've definitely made well, 48. So it's like, well, damn, it's right there. <laughs> still, you've, you've maintained that good, uh, that good flow, man. And that's, that's awesome that your, your kids are working with you now too. And, this is a great call. And what, what was your name? My name's Travis. I've called you a bunch of times, but I think because you're in a new spot, you don't have me saved anymore or something. Uh, yeah, I know. And, well, with I, all, the, and with I, all the communication meltdowns going on. Well, <laughs> you do you do pop up as Travis on the Zoom call, but sometimes when people call in, uh, it's not the name that. So I, oh, yeah. I got to double check. So. No, dude, I appreciate, I appreciate you taking any of our calls, bro. That's one thing I love about your show. You let us chime in on stuff and. And honestly, sometimes I want to get in bad because you have me rolling. Like when you were talking about how that guy at the door would have got laid out, bro, if he came at my wife raising his hands like that, bro, he would have been laid out in my fucking front yard. It's, I mean, like, no way, dude. That's uh, crazy. Honestly, you can't, yeah. That's an expectation that's too high. He should have not took that. He should have not took that call. I get it. He's, I used to deliver pizzas, so I know about the wear and tear on the car. But at the same time, like, you, like when I was in the Marine Corps, you know what USMC stands for? You signed the motherfucking contract. So you shouldn't have not joined if you didn't want to fucking be in the suck for five years or whatever you signed up for. 
Yes, the first time I've ever heard that one, Travis. Well, listen, call in more often. I can't wait. Maybe you'll be the first call on the on the first night back in Studio A. Who knows? Hey, you never know, dude. All right. Thanks, Have Frank. Take Thanks, care. Frank. There you go. There you have it. All right, we got a room. We got time for one more call. Then we're going on intermission. I almost don't even want to talk about the. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the Congress. I want to talk about Congress. Who the hell wants to talk about the southern border tonight? We know that we're screwed. Uh, but we'll keep mixing these calls in, and I'll do some other things because there's just some some interesting uh, media with all that. And I want to get to your your super chats, super chat. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Quite frankly, superchat.com. And I would love to read some of your thoughts. Drop a tip. Do am I worthy of a tip tonight? <laughs> what about some gratuity? Nah, that's quite frankly, superchat.com or the rumble rants or the gold pills, whatever the hell it is. I'm gonna read all of your thoughts and all of your shout outs and all that stuff right on the other side of the intermission. But first, let's take another call. 541, you are on the air, cool. It's your brother, Zoe. Hey, what's up, Zoe? Great freaking topic, Frank. A great thing. You know, this is a, it's a perfect time. This has kind of been bothering me because much like like you inferred earlier, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I am a very generous tipper. There's about two dozen places that I frequent quite regularly. And when I just walk in the door, it's like Norm on Cheers. Hey, Al! Al, you know, you know if, if, Everybody knows me. They're happy to see me because I take care of them. But uh, it seems like ever since, I don't know, the the beginnings of like Starbucks where people are making a pretentious cup of coffee for you, all they're doing is walking three feet and handing it to you. I mean, did they really do you some incredible service? No. Uh, I know that my brother being a bartender, he lived on his tips. That they all, I mean, waitresses and bartenders, they live on their tips. Their their hourly wage is not anything they can live on, so they depend on it. And uh, that guy described it perfectly earlier. The person he's got a tip, you know, the food runner and the you know bar. Yep, that's exactly the way it works. And uh, if people do a great service, they do deserve a little bit more. I'll go an extra step these days if I find. Someone has gone above and beyond. Just, I mean, absolutely a textbook perfect waiter or waitress. I'll ask for the manager, and I will point the, the kid out and say, this young lady is a shining star. And I, I recently even, uh, I can't remember the restaurant chain, but not only told the manager, she gave me a website where I could commend the person. I took the time to write an email tell, telling the the people, the sun shines out her little hiney and all that, you know. Uh, but the thing that drives me crazy is that there are tip jars popping up in places like convenience stores or my local liquor store. I mean, I'm walking through the aisles. I'm grabbing the bottle of booze and bringing it to the counter. And then where? What did what exactly did they do for I know, me? I All know. they did was ring my credit card. Do they really deserve a tip for that? I think it's getting to the point of the ridiculous. You're right. You're right. And uh, it is it is it's nuts. And it's not even just like okay, well, I see tip jars popping up all over the place. Uh, it, it comes along with scoffing 
the, like that kind of scoffing energy if you if you don't pay it any mind. And I always do. Go ahead. No, no, I, exactly. I, could, I was just going to agree with you. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I mean, I remember during during COVID, and thank you for the calls, though. Is that all you wanted to say? That's it, my man. That's it. Great I, topic. I always love getting a call from you, my friend. I uh, During COVID, during the lockdowns, I would still go to this one diner, um, and you know where I I know all the the staff and whatever. And during out during all that stuff, I mean, they're all wearing masks and stuff. I'm I'm just rolling in with nothing on, you know, because I know at nighttime there's barely anybody there, and there was nobody there. This place that would be teeming with kids from you know if they're home from school, uh, from college, or if they're local in town in high school, this place would be teeming with kids at at night. And, and of course, on the weekends, it's all families and stuff, teeming. And it was just ghostly in there. Nothing. That's when they're putting up all the, the, uh, the, the dividers, the plastic dividers, and they got the masks on everything. You can't hear anybody because you're talking through a mask, and then you're talking through a plastic divider, and, and nobody was there. And I walk in. I would walk in right after a show. It'd be like 20 after 9, and I walk through the front door, and you know my buddy Aaron and and uh, Beto and and uh, Moises and all them they would be all you know sitting in the back by the bar the bar area there and you know they see me walking in and I you know say what's up and they would just put their hands up and like you know look this is what's up and I, I, it must have been nerve wracking for everybody because all of a sudden it's just like are we gonna have jobs. And that's when I started, I, I started to like, anytime I would, I felt compelled to co- go there every night just to even just get myself a cup of coffee or something like that. And I would tip $10 every time just, just so that there was something, it was stupid. Like what the hell is my, my little tip going to do every night? But it, it starts becoming less about, um, you know, tipping starts becoming about r- relationships after a while, especially if you're going to places that you really love and you're 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 forming bonds with people that's it you know there's a couple of uh a couple of small ice cream shops around here that have always been staffed by local high school girls even when i was in high school all my girlfriends in high school would be working there and stuff now i take aurora and lauren to these ice cream places and that's just like you know these are these are young girls and they put out little fish bowls for for tips and you say all right well five dollars in here five dollars in there and just those are things you make it fun. But this other stuff, I, there's definitely a, a line of desperation that's running through it. There's entitlement, but there's also desperation in there, too. I, you know, everything that we saw in that video between the guy and the girl that we opened up with, there, there's just nothing not right. There's, nothing, there's something not right about her, and there's something that he's going through as well that is, that is making this ridiculous behavior come forward, um, especially when he r- raised his hands to her. But I don't know. More on this in the second half. I hope you are there, ladies and gentlemen. You sh- Please join me. I have the link to the, the pilled on the, the, uh, in the description below. I also, if you want, just jump over there quickly and you can't find the pilled in time, quite frankly.tv, press play. No paywalls, none of that stuff. It's just good old, quite frankly, uh, on a independent platform, as independent as it comes. And there's so much more room for activities. I mean, calls. 
including your tips and your uh, your thoughts. So call in, please, and I would love to bring you over with me to the other side. So with that, I will be back, hopefully with you. The rest of the show is available exclusively at pill.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv. Just press play. No paywalls, no censorship, no strings attached. So head on over, quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and pilled.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 Quite frank
fucking heavy. That's right, rocking out with Roy Orbison in 2024. Welcome back. It's quite friendly. Hope you're feeling good. It's me. It's good to have you here. All right, uh, let me see. Lining you up for some shout-outs now on, quite frankly, Super Chats. We're going to get around to that in just a second. Where the hell are we? No, don't want that. And perfect. Great. First one up is from Jay Brits. Actually, no, this is from over the weekend. Art Art Bell's Farts Smell got in touch with me <laughs> on the third. And said, could I suggest some Oliver Reed interviews on your after hours programming? He was a based and reed pilled navish thespian who ruffled a lot of feathers on the interview circuit before dying after a drinking contest during the filming of gladiator hmm well art bell's farts smell please send me a link to one of your favorite interviews i'd love to see this stuff i really will dying after a drinking contest during the filming of gladiator i didn't know anything about this all right let's go Jay Britt says, Frank, this is my tip for the best show on the interwebs. Happy Monday. Well, thank you so much, Jay Britz. Thank you so much. Good to have you here. Stostube, of course, the one-two punch, says, A little gratuity for you tonight, Frank. You are appreciated, my good man. Well, I love the stubes. Yes, I do. Hello, Kitty, says, here's your tip. Thank you, Kitty. All the best to everybody there at home. Car Guys New England said, Tipping is one of the few situations in life where it's not required, but it's the right thing to do. Kind of like putting shopping carriages back. It just feels wrong not to do it, even though no one is policing it. Very good point. Very good point. And we did the shopping cart allegory uh, quite a few times. Lauren texted me from the other room. She said, I saw a video where a guy delivered an order and the girl made him wait like over 15 minutes for her to come outside at an apartment building. She comes out, she had originally put in a tip and then had to change it. She originally put in the tip and then had changed it to zero dollars. He then went to eat. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh my God. I had to double check what Lauren said. He then went to eat out with his girlfriend. <laughs> and turns out the girl he had delivered to was his waitress. He didn't tip, and she chased after him and flipped out. He said, you didn't cook my food, you didn't carry it out, you didn't get my drinks. What should I tip you for? Ah, uh, justified. Justified. Justified, yes. I'm not against tipping, Lawrence. This is Lawrence speaking now. I'm not against tipping, but I want everyone to be available to get tips. Like, why don't we tip the dentist? We don't tip people who help us in a store. Uh, like UPS, or maybe the dental hygienist. The, the dentist doesn't do much. 
yeah, the dentist just comes in and hooks a, hooks his uh, gloved rubber hand. Does anybody else feel comforted when somebody puts their rubber uh, finger uh, in in your and you like you can you just you kind of feel your your teeth scrape along the rubber and you kind of get like that squeak? Does that feel any one way? You does that like satisfy you in some way? Anyway. It would be awfully disgusting if he didn't have the, the glove on. Obviously, I would never let him put his finger in my mouth. But that's all the, the, the dentist really does. He comes in, and uh, he pulls your cheek apart, and he says, bite down. Okay, looks good. Or he takes his little uh, his little pick, and he like kind of taps your teeth all down the line. I was like, damn, being a dentist is easy. Anyway, that is from, that's from Lauren. Yeah, th- th- it's odd. It's on. I guess it's just more one of those services. If you went to school, if you got, if you're the the the, the head honcho doctor or something like that, I guess you're not going to get a tip. But um, but yeah, hygienist. I'm sure somebody gives a hygienist a tip. Then again, I heard hygienists are um, very very horny, so they probably get tips other ways, <laughs> like Christmas time or something. Okay, here we go. Uh, Benny. Benny Farina is in the chat room as well. He just sent a tip. He said, great show, Frank. Well, thank you, Benny. I'm sorry I just made all that. uh, Took a turn for the worse there. You guys and gals, I hope you're all having a good time. I certainly am tonight. On the gold pills, porpoiseful, thank you. Esther G says, favorite Roy Orbison in dreams. Mmm. Sean Joe, thank you. Sal, thank you. And Winston Dave sent a cookie over. So let's go over to, uh, let me see, anything on Rockfin? Yes, we do. We had a tip on Rockfin. Thank you for all you do, said Chris Wall on Rockfin. Thank you for that tip, Chris. Very nice of you. Let's take a call. 352, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is uh, Billy. Hey, Billy, welcome to the show. How you been? Oh, good, good. Hey, I just had to say this i was um a waiter back in the day when i was going to nursing school and back this was in 83 i worked at the hilton at lake buena vista and i mean it was a high um dollar restaurant you know it was all some table side and all that kind of stuff so we come in and and uh i got this party of 20 ladies and uh so you know i come up hi my name is bill i'll be your waiter tonight uh, can i start you off with something to drink and they all just looked at each other it was 20 older women and this is a member of the year 83 and so they all looked around and hit each other and didn't say nothing and the joker that i am i said um i said yeah i said i don't drink either i said especially when i'm driving i might hit a bump and spill good liquor and Nobody laughs. Nobody said anything. Uh-oh. They just looked at me like Uh-oh. I'm an idiot. Uh-oh. And so I walked away, and I walked into the kitchen, and the hostess happened to be in the kitchen, and I said, what's the deal with these people? Are, uh-oh, are they fuddy-duddies or what? And she says, oh, that's the Mothers Against Drunk Drivers table. <laughs> wait, 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 what? It's what? It's the Mothers Against Drunk Driving Mad. Oh table oh boy oh boy it's so <laughs> i'm over with a tip 
And so I paid another waiter to take my tape, my 20 top, and he and I took his two top and I paid him to take a table. <laughs> That's, I mean, now the, the, you can't come back from that one. You can't come back from no, that no. one. No. So, no, what, I mean, <laughs> no way. Well, there's a there's a story from the service industry right there. <laughs> you know, when you gave that table away, when you gave the table away, and your friend took care of it, uh, did did he tell you how well they tipped afterwards? Were they were they you know frugal? Yeah, yeah. He said he said I gave him twenty dollars to take the table, and he says they gave me fifteen, dude, twenty top. Wow. And and we're talking we're talking um, dinners back in then days was like. Um, Mm, I'd say the average is probably twenty five dollars a per person. And you said that you had a yeah. you said you said you had a party of twenty. Yeah. So they all the kicked 20 in twenty mothers M A D D S. Yeah. And they kicked in less than a dollar each for tip. Yes. Shit, man. And, I, and so I was kind of laughing at him afterwards. I'm like, dude, I'm so glad I gave that shit away anyway. <laughs> wow. Well, hey. Thanks for the call. I mean, there you go. Because yeah. your yours is a yeah. situation. Thank you for the call. Yours is a situation. That's a situation right there. Where can you imagine being a waiter? And I know it happens a lot. Uh, first of all, in the movie Waiting, it's just the best for this reason here too. Because every almost every scenario plays out. Not only like the culture. I never worked in a restaurant, but you know this kind of you know. You know those characters, and especially if you are in any kind of a uh, customer service-related industry, it's either food or you're in a retail store or a CVS, or whatever the hell it is, there's, there's similar things that goes on, those characters and that the, the dynamics in the workplace and stuff. But, um, but when it comes to having a 20-person party come in, like when I go to the, the diner sometimes and I'm talking to the staff there and all of a sudden a whole bunch of kids come in, like maybe about 15 to 17, 18 and 19 year olds. All right. So maybe just getting out of high school, maybe they're all home for the summer, freshmen's in college, 18, 19, and they're all getting together. 15, at least 15 of them. They take up the entire interior of the diner. And I look at them, I'll ask, I'll say, so you guys get excited when these, uh, when these groups come in there? You know, absolutely not. You know, you know, they, they, uh, my my buddy Aaron looked at me. He goes, "That's that's fifteen individual checks right there." They all they all want to. <laughs> that's it. Fifteen individual checks right there. And um, I just said, "Wow, you know, these are the things that you learn, you come across, and all that." But um, anyway, all right, all right. Let's come to uh, take some more calls, shall we? All right. 914. Actually, let's get around to some other things real quick cuz I want to get I don't want to have to change the change the 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 title. And we're going to come to back to your calls again real quick. Now, over the weekend we had this, the border shutdown. First of all, listen to this little thing Nick Shirley said. You remember Nick Shirley, the young young citizen journalist that was on the show not too long ago. He snuck into a migrant facility in New York. He's from Utah. Well, th- this is going to shock you all, shock you all. But he went and he went uh, and he found a group of migrants and he wanted to talk to them about the 2024 election. Now, obviously, they don't have any legal way to vote, but he just wanted to ask them uh, who, who you're voting for, who do you support in the election? 
You want to you want to you want to take a guess as to what happens? Who you, who you, who you uh who are you voting for? Or who do you support? Joe Biden. He's helping us, she says. I believe the majority are for Biden, says the newbie who doesn't care about anything but money. Biden. Yeah. He's helping us. He's helping. Oh, it's all. Yeah. The only thing is that they will bite the hand that feeds them eventually, especially when there's nothing left to feed them with. Yeah, he likes supporting the migrants. He's a very good person. Talking about Biden, Biden, Biden. Yeah, it's an investment. It's an investment. Now, I hate both parties, but there is there's not enough to be said about the ruthless swindlers that are the Democrats. There's not enough lowly things to be said about those ruthless swindlers who um, love calling other people traitors for some reason, but it's only because those people that they have been taught to hate represent a country that they hate. That's the country that they understand through actions like this is is it's really just cementing the destruction of that country and they they cling to whatever they believe is the new america in the place of the old slavery america you know that's that's that is their the the depth of their understanding of anything it's just about slavery and civil rights and white versus black there's they're they're stupid abused it just programmable biocomputers. That's all it is. They're just like wind-up toys. And here it is. I mean, just right in your face. I know this is a very small sample, but we know what the hell's going on. And they do, too. They talk about it all the time. It's an yeah, investment. Trump is a different thing. So there you go. So he's been doing that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Then we have this from uh, Breitbart. Border shutdown rules optional. Loophole. Temporary distraction. The much-touted emergency border shutdown into the Establishment Border Act will not be activated unless the President Homeland Security says so, says a clause buried deep in the 280-page bill. So th- this whole thing is ridiculous because they, they, call it, they call it bipartisan. And of course, illegal immigration has always been run by a bipartisan group of criminals. It's, it's, uh, it's the series. It's the, it's the, it's the whole operation. Advocates for the pro-migration legislation are touting this shutdown trigger because it is dramatic phrase for President Joe Biden and journalists to broadcast and because it what most Americans want. It would give me as president new emergency authority. This is what they were, uh, you know, voting on and what they wanted to, to be so over the weekend. It would give the president new emergency authority to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. It was overwhelmed 40 years ago. There's at least 70 million people in this country who shouldn't be here. At least 10 to 15 million of them came within the last few years. No doubt about it. It, it, it just, it's crazy. And if given that authority, I would use it the day I sign the bill into law. But the details of legislation show that the mandatory trigger will rarely be pulled 
discounts uh, many migrants will expire in three years and will have no impact because the law also creates an entirely new fast track rubber stamp asylum process that can put millions of economic migrants on a rapid path to citizenship and into voting booths by 2030, which would be a very big year for everybody. 2030. Wouldn't it be? Okay. Especially when you're talking about taking the United States, taking the United States and turning it into a officially a helpless ward of the international supranational state that they're trying to create and to overwhelm what was the United States with third world uh, foreigners that don't care about anything, that have no allegiances to anything, that don't really think philosophically about anything, that don't really value individual um, uh, rights. They have only ever known government dependence and now they are just trying to jump from one lifeboat to the next, to the next dependent government titty-sucking situation that, uh, that, that that there's still something left for them to suck. I, I, that's what they're looking for. And it's crazy because what they're saying is that these, these mandatory triggers that would shut down the border, they're only triggered like after 4,000 or 5,000 people a day. So as long as they don't report 4,000 or over 4,000 people a day coming in, then there's not going to be a shutdown of the border, which means that they can process. This allows people to pro- not to repel them and send them back, but to rubber stamp them, send them in and, and, and you know, spread them around the country. They can process up to almost 2 million people a year. They'll somehow have made it legal, which it's not legal at all. But that's just what it is. I wanted to get this out here. Here's a little bit of... Um, Here's a little bit of the vampire from New York, Chuck Schumer, and he's talking to um, Brzezinski's daughter. Listen to this. You've said that you worked very closely with Leader McConnell on this. This bill, now that we see what's in it, seems to be as bipartisan as it gets. Why wouldn't this, why wouldn't both sides really want this to go through? Well, first of all, that's the other thing people say is that, oh, you know, they're, they're so stupid. They, they Do they not know that if they keep giving more power to the presidency, they'll essentially be giving power to Trump when he wins? Uh, number one, Trump was denied a second term because these people willed it that way. So uh, they probably are, at the very least, just very comfortable and confident that they'll be able to pull that off again. And uh, at the very least, they seem comfortable with the fact that presidents come and go. Some more bold than others. They come and go, but the machine only grows in power. And until the states strip D.C. of that kind of power, that's it. That that whole like, hey, you know, if you you, you may like this power now, but somebody's going to use it against you later. These people don't give a shit. We're the only ones that play the red versus blue game. The citizens are the only ones that play that game. At least a a good portion of them they uh, do. But um but yeah, listen to this, because of course, this puts a couple of million dollars into the situation at the border. I say couple million because everything else is being counted in tens of billions and trillions. So they're putting millions into the border, which is really not even about border security. It's about rubber stamping people and punching their tickets quicker. Okay. And and now he's talking about how there is actually going to be tens of millions earmarked for, you guessed it, Ukraine and Israel. Listen to this. 
Well, it's a great question, Mika. Look, it took a long time, four months of arduous negotiations. They fell off the tracks a whole bunch of times. I had to be on the phone even at midnight saying we've got to keep going. Why? We're at a turning point in America. This bill is crucial and history will look back on it. This is an evil snake-like demon. An evil snake-like demon. This guy is a slithering, hissing demon. He really is. And I, I know I use this phrase a lot. My mind goes to dark places when I, when I, when I look at these people. They're in his crumpled suit. Looks like he just got it pressed at a, at a funeral home. That it, it, these people wear suits that like that that you would see, you know, velcroed together on a corpse somewhere. He looks like he's. I'm just not going to say it. But when they sit there with their glasses peeking down the ridge of their nose because they want to look studious, talking. I was you know working the phones at midnight. Good for you, you fuck. Good for you. Oh, you stayed up past midnight one night. Good job. All this had to be done. This is history. It's not history, you piece of shit. I can't tell you. Maybe if you and I were sitting at a bar somewhere. Maybe if you and I were sitting at a bar somewhere. We could talk a little bit more forthright. But um, but this is sick. When, and wait until you see where it goes. And say, did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine... Putin will be walk all over Ukraine. Good. Good. There, I said it. Don't care. Don't give a shit. I, I, I don't give a shit. You know what? He, he would have already been home. This would have already been done. He would have had his little strip of land in the, in the east over there where people were being brutalized by your, uh, the, the, the CIA and Mossad over there, the, the children being bombed in the eastern provinces over there. He would have already had what he wanted. He would have went home. And it's only because of you, Chuck, only because of you that uh, God knows how many Ukrainian men and boys are dead now, however many more have fled the country, only because of you. Far worse has been done in, in your resistance to Ukraine. We will lose the war, and we could be fighting in Eastern Europe in a NATO ally in a few years. Americans won't like that. Yeah, if we don't give them tens of billions more. That's, this, here's the thing what I hear, what I, I don't understand. There's no one left in Ukraine to die. There's barely anybody left to die. Forget about fighting. We're talking about who can we kill next, or who can we get killed next. That's the big because you're not killing Russians. Who can we get killed next? Americans won't like that. If we don't give them tens of billions more, then we'll all be out there fighting. What are you talking about? Who is going to defeat Putin? How will stacks of cash defeat Vladimir Putin when what you need is a massive, highly trained fighting force with destiny on its side? I, I don't understand. I, I know you have a, a central bank and you just turn the printing press on, you send off crates of cash out there, but you need men, equipment, a fighting force that was skilled, and, and, and destiny. So if you know anything about the situation at home, and I know many of you out there do, you only need the basics to know that unless we just let it be and leave, like we should have done two years ago, when uh, Zelensky wanted to negotiate, we said don't do that under any circumstances, there's no road that we can take that doesn't lead us to a greater war, a war that I can't, 
I was certain that they were looking to cash out a couple of months ago. I was certain of it. I was certain of it because I, I mean, I just, I just saw an opportunity to kind of reinvest into another place, uh, another war zone in the Middle East. Instead, they've already gotten so much out. Yeah, I figured, hey, they're going to take hundreds of billions of dollars and wash it through Ukraine and really enrich themselves. And in the two years that they're going to be spending, you know, fighting this this doomed war, maybe they that gives them two years to clean up the interior of Ukraine and maybe like just burn the paper trail of whatever they were doing in the in the bio labs and all these energy companies and whatever. It, maybe maybe that's what it was. I was thinking that maybe the the, the war in Ukraine was just a, a cover just some cover fire so for so they can take out all the industrial strength paper shredders and make a little money along on the way. They certainly don't care about lost life. So now that's what he's talking about, Ukraine and then Israel, and then listen to this. If we don't help Israel defend itself against Hamas, that perpetual war will go on and on and on. If we don't help humanitarian aid to the starving Palestinians in Gaza, hundreds of thousands could starve. And the border, everyone has said it's chaos. So we got to give Israel the money and the, and the equipment to go bomb Palestine. And then we also have to feed Palestine after it's bombed. Because go ahead and tell me how you're going to be able to separate civilians from those in Hamas. And then every civilian you kill creates 5,000 more Hamas down the, down the line just because of blood, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, blood feuds that we're a part of. This this guy, Chuck Schumer, should be hauled away in chains. They should put a ball gag in his mouth, hauled away in chains, and, and, and locked away somewhere. A speaker, you just saw Speaker Johnson. He said it's mm -hmm. chaos. We have to do something legislative a few months ago. But what has happened, in answer your, to que your question... So this is crucial for America. It's a turning point. History is going to look over our shoulders and say, did we rise to the occasion? To his credit, Mitch McConnell did. No, you didn't rise to the occasion. You caused all of these wars. You caused them all. You caused them all. It, I'm telling you, there's, there's nothing... It's not like the, the the reason why I do this stuff less and less that this is just so big um, because it, it, it spills into other things. But the reason why I got to do this stuff less and less for my own sanity is that Chuck Schumer is not missing the point. He's not missing the point on anything. Right. This is an operation that they are just they are executing ruthlessly. All right. They are behind everything, everything, and 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 this is just a bad stage play. When they go on online, they talk about we're at a tipping point and a turning point and this and that. We need now we're that you know history is going to be watching us. You're bullshit. You're going to hell, bro. You're going to hell. You may not believe in hell, but you're going there. Your, your soul is so dark. There's no redemption in, in, in your future. None. None. I, I don't know how you can, you can be one of these people that continues to push action that only leads to people losing their lives and expect that there's anything good waiting for you after this life is over. I, I just, I, I don't get it. 
you know, and, and it's not like he's missing the point. People like him are not missing the point. All right. They are, they are enthusiastic water carriers. So, uh, I, you know, I, it's just ridiculous for me to sit here and constantly look for new things to say. I, I mean, did you see this over the weekend? This is in New York City. For everybody who thinks, ah, oh, we really showed, we really showed uh, Eric Adams. We really showed Eric Adams over there by by sending hundred thousand plus people up to New York, even though now they're being redispersed to red states like Georgia. New York City launches a fifty-three million dollar program to hand out prepaid credit cards to migrant families, a thousand dollars on each of these cards, and they get recharged every first of the month. Okay. See, we we would need we would need tens of billions of dollars earmarked that have been earmarked for foreign wars to not only shut the border down at the at the southern border with the army, shut it down completely, but we would need the tens of billions of dollars to then plan massive deportations. But they're just trying to get people in and give them credit cards on top of it. New York City, for example, New York City would have to be occupied by the Marines while that deportation uh, uh, operation was going on. They would need to. Because if you think at this point, just like we see in places like Sweden and in, and in London and in France, you go into certain, certain, um, certain areas of, of town or in the city and you try to enforce national law, some kind of a law, and you come down a little bit too hard, which means just enforcing the law in general, on somebody like a, a North African migrant or something like that, you are going to deal with a, it's like kicking a, 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 a beehive. People don't care. It's just keep feeding us, keep providing us with some mild entertainment, and don't bother us or else we're going to show you exactly what, uh, you know, what, we, what gift we come bearing. New York City would need to be occupied by the Marines if there was going to be a deport, a serious deportation uh, operation that went on at this point. Because if you think that the local police and ICE are going to be able to remove these people without being brutalized at this point, I mean, it's already that bad. They're beating the shit out of police in the streets, assaulting locals, stealing, vandalizing, and not only are they getting let out of jail without bail, they're getting $1,000 rechargeable, $1, rechargeable EBT cards. So... Uh, and the best thing about this thing is, about this vid, uh, this story in New York, the $53 million pilot program run by the New Jersey company Mobility Capital Finance. By the way, this is how, this is how they start um, continuing to push universal basic income in. And it's about government pairing up with, with, um, with giant corporations, fascism. Uh, to be able to just give people money and resources and, of course, you know, go into partnership with the government on that. And this is how UBI will continue. To, these pilot programs for citizens have been popping up all over the place in the last however many years. But they're going to provide asylum seekers with the uh, with arriving at the Roosevelt Hotel with the city with cash to buy them food, according to the city records. It'll start with a group of 500 migrant families in short-term hotel stays and will replace the current food service offered by uh, by the, the city, I guess. 
The cards can only be used at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, and convenience stores. And the migrants must sign an affidavit swearing they will only spend the funds on food and baby supplies or they will be kicked out of the program. Oh, they don't, they're going to be really, really hard on them. They're going to be really, really hard on them. You can tell there's a lot of integrity in this. Here, uh, Mokafi looks forward to partnering with New York City to disperse funds for asylum seekers to purchase fresh, hot food. I hate the, I hate it. Fresh, hot food. Doesn't that make you mad? We want these migrants to have fresh food. I hate the words fresh food. I hate it. They don't deserve fresh food. They deserve to be home. They deserve to be home fighting for some kind of liberty over there. But then again, we're not fighting over here. So should we not get picked apart? Mokafai's goal is to expand access to financial resources for individuals excluded from banking, such as asylum seekers, while helping the local economy. And, uh, and they said that they, they, not only does this provide families with the ability to purchase fresh food for their culturally relevant diets and baby supplies of their choosing, because they're showing up nine months pregnant, whoever is female, showing up nine months pregnant, and then they're, uh, then they're ready to, to, uh, to pop another one out two months after the first kid is born. And I hate to be this, this crude about it. But I, I, I read this and I'm asking myself, what are they signing? How is their identity being verified? What are they even signing? You're asking people who are willing to pay drug traffickers to sneak them into a foreign country to be on the up and up and only spend their cash on culturally relevant food. Okay. We're, we're going to check. We're going to check. You better only be, don't spend this on anything but churros. Don't spend this on anything but churros. This is this is what you do when you want people to start feeling a burning hatred so strong that they start thinking about doing stupid things. This is the kind of thing you do when you want to make people feel like they're going nuts. When you're struggling, when you're struggling to put two and two together and you see this going on and on and on and Chuck Schumer going out there and making these ridiculous statements as if what this plan they were talking about over the weekend is going to give you anything close to a solution. When they're nowhere in this solution is keeping people out and taking people who have already arrived out and back home. No, it's about, we got to punch their tickets sooner and we got to get them voting because they need to know the, the amazingness that is the United States. We, we need to get them voting so that they can be, the last election where there was literally anything left to uh, uh, anything left of, of the old the old world. That's it. Vote away the last of it. So um, but but this explains why um, I want to read this to you. This is for tonight. This was uh, this is a, this is the beginning of a chapter title in Lucifer's Hammer. Here you go. It's from that, uh, what's it called, Sovereignty by Bertrand de Hovenel. I forget the, the, how to say the last name, Bertrand. Of all, listen to this. Of all states, that is the worst whose rulers no longer enjoy 
and authority sufficiently extensive for everyone to obey them with good grace, but in which their authority over a part of their subjects is sufficiently large to enable them to constrain others. And that's where we are right now. That's where we are right now. Uh, the authorities do not have, and ex- they, they do not have uh, this sufficient authority over people where everybody, by and large, trusts the government, trusts the media, and we obey with good grace. That's all gone. So what we have now is that um, it, it explains why everyone really hasn't risen up against both parties in a very serious way, because what they do still have are the fat Rob Reiners. They still have the crackhead Brooklyn dads out there. They still have Taylor Swift and, 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 and you know, uh, celebrities to that degree in one way or another. They're still out there acting like good shepherds of the rabble. That's it. But I think we're getting close at least. I want, I want to show you this. Here is a, uh, I don't know if it's in New York or Chicago, but this is a homeless man. I saw that the Truth Stream Media had, had put this out there. This is a homeless man who was confronting police because he was turned away from a recreation center because new city officials are using it to house migrants who came here and um, and he's being turned away from services that he usually has. And I want you to listen to this. It's a, it's a minute long and I think it's very, it's a good insight into what we have going on. Equal to live fucking here. And I've been here my whole fucker because I can yell. Because I can yell. Because I can yell. And I'm fucking angry. That's why. So why can't I get in the fucking building? Why? Where's the mirror at? Y'all, this fucking town's a fucking sham, yo. It's all about fucking money. It's a fucking money grab. Y'all don't give a fuck about the motherfuckers that was born and fucking raised here. Y'all raised the fucking rent so fucking high. Can't afford to live here. But y'all gonna bring some other motherfuckers here? That doesn't fucking add up. It doesn't make no fucking sense. None. None. I'm fucking homeless. I work a full-time job. 40 hours. And can't pay to live here. How the fuck are y'all gonna bring somebody else here? Don't make no fucking sense. None. Mm. Right. Nah, I'm, hey. Oh, you thought the Great Replacement was just about whites, did you? And then someone asked the um, someone asked the pathetic mayor of Chicago when he was going to go down to the southern border. This guy is this guy is pathetic. Which first of all, I, I gotta say, it is a ridiculous question to ask any American city mayor. It is a ridiculous question, but you know, but anyway, listen to this. 34 seconds. This is his this is his answer. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it. But you're asking me to give you a date. And I have to court 
Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. What's the mayor like you? I wish he could have expanded on that. What is Chicago has never had a mayor like him in all of Chicago's history. What makes him special? Is it because he has a wife and children with schedules? And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border. Hey, what did he just get? Somebody started clapping for him. He's got a black wife. He's got three black children. Wow. Talk about just pathetic. That is such a pathetic man. Such a pathetic man who is who's throwing out anything, obviously in a tough situation. Like I said before, it's a ridiculous question to ask anyone, to be honest. What the hell is Brandon Johnson going to do down there? at the southern border, aside from walk around aimlessly and have a panic attack. He's obviously not a very smart, resourceful man. What is he going to do down at the southern border? What? Now, like Eric Adams, they could do something smart, and instead of uh, you know going into business with mega corporations from New Jersey to give everybody, every family they can get, a thousand dollars a month rechargeable EBT card. You know that with one recharge for one family, that is two bus tickets down to the border. It's like five hundred dollars. You can send somebody down to Mexico City, and you're going to give each family or each person a thousand dollars each a month to stay. To stay, they don't need to go down to the border. What the hell is the, the the mayor of Chicago need to be down at the southern border for? Just get people out of your city. Just get them out. No. No, because they really don't actually have a mind. And they certainly don't have any autonomy. They're out there running an op. So, I mean, but what do you expect him to do? What do you expect him to get done? He has a black wife and black children to take care of. They, and they, they play soccer, no less. Way too much. So please stop asking so much for the man He's on the cusp of a nervous breakdown as it is. I did have this one last thing to say. Um, I got this email from somebody in the uh, the chat room. We'll call him Craig. Said, Frank, regarding your insider information segments, I was recently at an aerospace manufacturer that makes parts for Raytheon and other military contractors. When speaking to them, they informed me that the federal government reached out and informed them that their stockpiles were dangerously low and that they needed to increase production as fast as possible. They were informed that at their current production levels, it would take seven years just to replenish stockpiles that they had. The federal government would also be willing to help them increase production by whatever means they were necessary, be it new equipment, buildings, material procurement, or anything else that would need to do uh, that would need to uh, do that the government would be willing to write a check to cover. It seemed like people in the know aren't planning on the wars around the world ending anytime soon, so buckle up. It sounds like we're in this for the long haul. Well, I guess Chuck Schumer just came out and confirmed that. Just incredible, though. It really, really is. All right, 8.52 p.m. Take a really quick break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to read through your Super Chats again, and uh, and then... 
we'll start wrapping this one up because we got session five, a book club coming up in just a little bit. Don't go anywhere. These are the motherboards. No, this is food. This is beans. Someone put beans inside the computer. <laughs> That's a lot of beans. Right? It's getting totally fried. Jeez. It's on fire. Oh, it's done. Who is it? It's I just spoke with you. Hey, you got my brother called to fix the computer? Yes. So. What is going on? Oh, man, I'm going to tell him that you're fi working on it and telling me the power supply. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Dude. Power, I, yeah, he say it's a power. Wait, wait, wait. Come here for a minute. He said it's power. Dude, huh. have you ever opened this computer up before? No. I'm going to open it up and show you something I've never seen before in my life. What? What? What is all this shit in here? This is not supposed to be inside a computer. This is beans inside. It's not like to help the computer Absolutely. stay cool no, or anything? No, 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 no. Someone sold you something with a bunch of beans in it. What's under these? Uh, that's the motherboard and actually... These are the motherboards? No, no, no. You, you, all of this stuff that you're seeing, this pile of... These are the motherboards. No, this is food. This is beans. Someone put beans inside the computer. Good morning, sleepyhead. My metaverse queen. No, 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 don't cry. Don't cry. No, when you cry, it hurts me. Your body has already been dissolved in acid, so you don't have that. However, I uploaded your consciousness into the metaverse, so here we can play forever. Don't, don't try running. You don't have legs here. Nobody does. I'll make us breakfast. Yay. How about I lay us an egg? and then we can boil it together. Yum. Thank you, guys and gals. Let me go and uh, make sure we got everybody in. All right. So, thank you, boys. Blanc. Thank you, Winston. Dave. Those are that's the uh, that's the uh, the lot of it of the of the gold pills tonight. And our super chatters and quite frankly, superchat.com. Thank you, guys and gals, so much for that as well. Man, oh man. So we had a good one tonight. I just had to do a little bit of that news. Because we won't be on the air tomorrow, but hopefully I can get a little bit of a uh, an extra. The first half and the second, uh, that that bleed over with the tips, that was great. I can't wait to see what people what people say in the in the uh, the emails, and maybe we'll revisit that in a little bit. But um, but yes, that's what we got going on tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to just thank you again for everything. I also want to thank uh, Matt and Matt uh, from Pill.net for. Being such a, you know, important group out there in the independent media space, I'm I'm really just so happy that this is uh, right there in the in the middle of quite frankly TV and has been for some time now. It's really really a, a fun time. I really love it. But um, tomorrow is another day, and hopefully tomorrow is a gigantically productive day that gets us right in striking distance to get back to Studio A 
and to uh, to kind of spread out our influence again. Tonight was pretty good with the calls. No, there was no uh, crazy volume issues that we were having with the callers. That was nice. Um, I think that the topics were great, and I'm looking forward to all of your feedback after the fact. So become a sponsor of the show, ladies and gentlemen. doesn't matter where it is. Quite frankly, .tv under sponsor us. You can be a sponsor directly through Foxhole in the chat room over there, uh, through Patreon, through quite frankly.tv, the Squarespace, and of course, the subscribe star. Right now, I'm, I'm putting a lot of emphasis for new subscribers to be going through subscribe star so that we can hit a major self-funding goal. And, uh, and that is going to ensure that we can continue with what we're doing right now uh, to a much larger degree in a sustained sustained path down the road so thank you all so much that's all for tonight and uh i'll talk to you uh talk to you tomorrow at some point good night i'll catch you on the flip side Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatter starting to Benny. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Stostube. Thank you, Kitty. Thank you, Car Guys New England, Jay Brits, and Art Bell's Fart Smell. You guys, you are one in a million. I'll tell you. To all of our gold pillars and, um, and to, of course, to our Rockfin tipper before, we will see you very, very soon. And please, please send in the wonderful... Did I miss gold pills? Are you sure? Wait, did I miss any gold pills here? Why does it seem like there's so many more than what I read off? I don't know. Was there? Holy shit. Wait a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why this didn't pop up. There's so much more here than, than before. One more second. I'll, I'll, I'll just breathe through, breeze through these. Uh, Witchy Poo has just jumped in and says, I can finally buy gold pills again. I finally fixed the error I was receiving. Well, that's great. Sean Joe, hello. Uh, Witchy Poo is just like catching up for lost time. Road trip, love all the Franciscans. I tip people for working at drive throughs past midnight. That's something. Uh, uh, D. Dallied says, wonder if she had ice cream. Who had ice cream? The girl from the video? Filter Dog says, in college, I made $200 to $300 a night in tips as a server. Man, I'm sorry. These gold pills did not, did, they didn't load for me at first. Then all of a sudden, I saw the total. I said, that doesn't feel right. Stosum says, great Monday, Frank. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sean, Joe, Vesper, uh, Witchy Poo, Road Trips is when I served. Biggest tip came from parents. I complimented their kids' behavior. Well, there you, there you go. Go right for the heart. NX17, Eric Allen. And uh, JSM, great service as usual, Frank. Enjoy. Oh, Sentinel, so nice of you. Porpoiseful, Esther. Oh, and these are all the ones that I saw before. So for some reason, I'm sorry if I missed anybody. But uh, but yeah, all right, let's do that one again. Sorry. No. I'll catch you on the flip side. Here, right here. There you go. It's like we never ended. I'll see you guys on Book Club. Session 5 is starting in a few moments.
fun storm in the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. <laughs> Will you shut up?